Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill building courses for you to choose from because the steps that you choose to take today will help you to love what you do in the future. And that's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. I'm Matt. And today we're discussing dumpster diving, the housing hellscape, and tech company transgressions. Right, buddy? This is our Friday flight, and we are going to talk about the best stories that we came across this week. But before we get to that, uh, today is a big day, dude. This is our 600th episode, as, as you well know. That's a lot of uh, welcome to. How do I? <laughs> a lot of, uh, a lot of I'm Matt's as well. But, You've really uh, perfected the art of the I am Matt. We've got those intros down. Actually, folks would be surprised at how sometimes we do re-record the intro. <laughs> You'll hit record and sometimes we'll start recording an episode before we're like completely settled. I'm still getting my drink, clearing my throat, that kind of thing. But seriously, we, we really do appreciate all of you wonderful listeners out there. Uh, you know, we've actually been at this now for nearly five years. Yeah. But I think to, we're two weeks shy of our fifth year yeah, anniversary. Yeah. So we wanted to, to celebrate this milestone episode, though, this 600th episode. And to do that, we're going to give away a total of $600 to six different listeners. Right out of Matt's pocket. I'm keeping my money in there. Yep. Joel's on tap for, for the next <laughs> giveaway. Uh, and so all that you have to do to be entered to win is to just make sure that you are subscribed to our free weekly newsletter. Uh, you can just head over to the site where you can subscribe. You can either, there on the homepage towards the bottom, there's a spot where you can uh, enter in your email or just go to howtomoney.com forward slash newsletter. Either one of those spots will work. Uh, fill in your information, your name and your email, and you will be set. Yeah. So uh, yeah, just, just make sure to do that before Monday, uh, this next Monday at midnight in order to be entered to win one of those six 
$100 prizes. And yeah, that's all there is to it. We will announce the winners on next Friday's episode and we'll be reaching out to folks, getting your Venmo or your Cash App handle. But literally, it's, it's going to be that simple. We're just, yep. we're going to tra- put <laughs> send 100 bucks in your, in your hands. 100 bucks over to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we can't, we look forward to giving money away. I think last year we did a giveaway amount of our own money and we were we asked listeners to give that money away in their communities and we, they, we, they reported back. We called it the giveaway giveaway. The giveaway giveaway, but which it, was super fun. Yeah. This year, we're like, no, we're going to put money in your hand because I don't know, maybe you've got some debt to pay off. Maybe mm-hmm. you've got a credit card bill you haven't been able to get under control. Maybe you just need a little cash in your hand to uh, to not go into debt in order to pay for some of those holiday gifts that you want to buy. Absolutely. And we want to help you out with that. So all you got to do is be subscribed to the newsletter. And like you said, uh, Monday at midnight is the deadline. Yeah. And by the way, this is, uh, this is a giveaway that's available to old and new subscribers. So yeah. obviously, if uh, you have not subscribed yet, make sure to do that. But if you if are- you've been a faithful subscriber for six months- Yeah. If you've been with us for a minute here- You're already entered in. You are automatically entered to win. But tell your mom, tell your grandma. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> so that they, yeah, they can get entered in too. Uh, but I want to mention one more thing, Matt, before we get to the Friday flight. Uh, I'm not sure how you feel about Christmas decorations. We got ours up. I love them. We started going early, like November 15th inside so at least. We did. We did too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Just like- I was like ready for some some of that Christmas joy. I wonder why that is. My wife in particular was ready for it. But yeah. one so one of the things that we couldn't do until recently though because the live Christmas trees had not started hitting like the Home Depots and the Lowe's yet was we couldn't go get the free trimmings like they That's have to right. they have to cut off the bottoms of the trees and there's all those sorts of little cut off the bottom three branches yeah, as well spruce as saplings ha- hanging around half inch off the bottom yes get you that fresh cut but we did like emily was just like okay this saturday now there's gonna, there's gonna be some this saturday right and so we've got now nice. uh, this past weekend we went we got a bunch of free trimmings to put up across our mantle they make for some great decorations so just a little tip to everybody okay. it also makes your house smell nice Oh, absolutely. Nice and tiny. Yeah, for, for all those folks out there who you get the Christmas tree smell without having to pay that fresh Christmas tree price. That's right, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to buy the pine saw, get the real stuff. Yeah, exactly. Which, so by the way, did I tell you what we did with our Christmas tree? I know we've talked about buying artificial trees in the past, and you know, there's like a break, break even point for us. Yeah. It was like literally the second, by the second year, because yeah. we got it on sale. <laughs> if you buy one of the cheaper ones, it really is year two. <laughs> um, but. We'd gotten, I guess it was maybe a nine foot tree at our old house because we had 10 foot ceilings over there. And our new place, our ceilings are only eight feet tall. Uh And so we're just like, oh, dang it. Like, what are we going to do? And well, you know what? All we had to do was not use the bottom section of the Christmas tree. There you go. <laughs> and so it it, can, it comes in four sections. That's and using your brain. Yeah. So we, we took that nine foot tree down from nine feet to seven feet. It fits perfectly cool. in, the, in the new place. So keep that in mind if folks out there happen to be in the weird circumstance like we were and your ceilings are getting lower, uh, <laughs> uh, you don't have to necessarily buy a brand new tree. Yeah. All right. I like that. Good. Another good money saving tip. All lots right. of lots of Christmas tree tips That's right. this week. <laughs> well, why not? I mean, this is the season. Like, I, I have a feeling... A lot of decorating is going to take place this coming weekend. I, I read that December 1st is the date that most uh, neighbors say, okay, it's fine to put up your Christmas lights now. Whatever. We would have done it sooner. We've been out of town for Thanksgiving and stuff like that, but we're definitely putting up our outdoor lights nice. this weekend. So oh, we're excited yeah. about that. But let's move on, Matt. Let's get to the stories we found interesting this let's week. It is it. our Friday flight, flight. And speaking of curbing consumption, well... Beacon of capitalism, Jeff Bezos, the uh, <laughs> former CEO and and the guy who started Amazon, he recently told CNN that Americans should consider postponing the purchase of bigger ticket items in their lives. 
was kind of surprised to hear him say that because his company uh, thrives on people not postponing purchases, just going ahead and pulling the trigger anyway. But Maybe now that he's uh, no longer holds the title of CEO, he feels a little bit of freedom to yeah, he can be a little more be, honest, be truthful, be yeah. honest for folks. When, when being interviewed from his one of his massive yachts, this is what yeah. he said. But <laughs> exactly. it, it turns out that folks didn't really listen to to him. Uh, at least this this past Black Friday, a record nine billion dollars was spent uh, over that Thanksgiving holiday. But while there are certainly deals to be had, as retailers have had too much inventory, they've had to discount more. This is an instance where this advice from the former CEO of Amazon actually makes some sense, right? It's not terrible advice. Yeah, with with an uncertain economy ahead of us, we should all keep an eye on our spending this holiday season. I'd rather see folks take, like, you know, a year-end bonus to the bank than to the store. Absolutely. And just be be prepared. Like we talked about uh, on Wednesday, financial flexibility is important. The more of it that you can retain, the more solid financial footing you're going to be in. Absolutely. And, and oftentimes that does mean having cash in the bank, right? Like, So what's interesting is that one of the reasons all these companies are putting on all these sales is because they've got, well, they've got a lot of inventory, right? And so they've got too much surplus on hand. But companies are also looking to shore up their cash positions. And so companies are looking ahead, they're forecasting, they're realizing that, you know what, things may not be looking so great. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is that what companies are doing and what we need to do as individuals, like that's basically at odds they with each other. They stand in direct contrast. Yes. So they're trying to unload all these goods and we're, as consumers, standing there looking at all these things go on sale. And it can be tempting to, to want to pounce on all of these deals, which is totally fine if there is something that you were already going to purchase. But we definitely don't want folks dipping into their, their cash reserves into their emergency fund just to take advantage of a sale because it's like, oh my gosh, these are killer sales. I've never seen sales like this before in my life. But you don't want to end up in a position where three, six months from now, it's like, okay, I've got all these goodies, but I don't have any cash and it looks like I'm about to get fired from the job. <laughs> right. That's not the position yeah, that we want to see folks. Highly uncomfortable. Folks uh, okay. So one of the ways though that you can spend less this holiday season is by getting your stuff out of the dumpster. That the- does sound like something you would recommend. <laughs> uh, not only is this something that that I am interested in, Joel. A lot of folks are interested in this. Uh, it's a kind of the latest TikTok trend. Uh, the Times documented the rise in popularity of trash enthusiasts out there. And interestingly enough, some of these folks are finding some some cool stuff out there, man. And what's cool too is that they are raising awareness about the fact that many companies they throw out this old merchandise that is still perfectly good, that's perfectly useful. Not only did they throw it out expired, but they are like slashing it to make it unusable. Yeah. Which Was it Coach? Or yeah. like one of, one of like, uh, yeah. So somebody had called out one of the premier handbag companies out there because they came across a bunch of beautiful bags. That Destroyed. Look, and they were, yeah, they were sliced up with a razor blade. And I think actually because of folks who took to social media, Companies like Coach are no longer doing that. They're 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 basically have committed themselves to a more responsible disposal of goods, maybe that are either out of season or maybe they were returned, that kind of thing. Uh, and so that's definitely a, a good outcome from some of this awareness. But how do you get the best stuff if you are interested in uh, do, doing your own dumpster diving? Well, mass retailers like TJ Maxx and Home Goods they are apparently some of the best places to find items that are still useful. And so the question is, like, should you actually start doing this? Should you start dumpster diving to save money? And all of this, first of all, I don't know. It kind of depends on like your ick factor, like what you're willing <laughs> to put up with. But a lot of this depends too on how much you value your time and just what kind of stuff you're likely going to be able to snag. Obviously, don't go 
dumpster diving thinking that you're going to find an Apple laptop or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's brand new in the box. Yeah. That's not going to happen. But there are certainly some, some goodies out there to be found. Yeah. All right. My only dumpster diving experience comes from back in the day, my buddy Travis, there was a former airline called AirTran, and they ran this promotion at Wendy's where if you collected, I think it was 32 cups, you got a free one-way trip, and 64, you got a free round trip. Nice. And I don't know if there was a limit or not, but I distinctly remember <laughs> Travis jumping into a dumpster behind a Wendy's in order to get these cups. And I can't blame him, man. Uh, I think that's one of those that's things where- That's a pretty sweet deal. That, yeah, to be able to get a free- that's a great deal, A actually, free flight yeah. just by getting some cups, and guarantee there's like that's, stacks of them in the trash. Maybe that's why AirTran didn't- Stick around for that long. <laughs> How long did they stick? They were based here in Atlanta, weren't they? They were. They yeah. were great airlines. I remember flying with them back in the day, back in like '05. They gave like away in that, in that period of time. All their free flights to fast food lovers. So maybe, yeah, maybe so. So okay, the, one of the few times I remember doing some serious dumpster diving in college, we would we would go to the dorms and students who were moving out of the dorms, they had to be moved out by a certain date, right? Uh, they had to be completely moved out, and so these, I mean, these kids would just take their lofts. These are built, lost, made out of two by fours and whatnot, but they would just take them all. I mean, there's so much timber, <laughs> so much lumber, uh, not just in the dumpster, but just completely surrounding it. Oh, I bet. And dude, we would just go over there, load those things up in the back of a friend's pickup truck, and then take them back to uh, a friend's apartment, and we would resell some of those lofts back to students the, follow <laughs> the following year. I also set one aside for myself because uh, <laughs> me and some friends were moving into an apartment where we were sharing bedrooms. And so, yeah, I slept in a loft that I found next to a dumpster after my freshman year in college. I like it. No, yeah. I like it. And you're, you're it saving totally stuff. worth the time and effort. For being trash and then you're making money yeah. on the stuff that you found. I, I think that's, that's smart. Well, and uh, yeah, it just goes to show that dumpster diving sounds pretty icky and most of the time it is, but there are ways at times to make it worth your while. I, I just like how it's, we're, they're destigmatizing it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, right? for sure. Like I think there's a lot of folks who might feel that, oh, I would never do that. Or even just seeing a curb alert. But even by folks doing something like this, now somebody else who read the story might think, well, there's some folks out there who are dumpster diving. Yeah. I should be willing to at least take a look at some of these items on the side of the curb. Get over at least a little bit of your germaphobeness. Exactly. And yeah. To save money. Yeah. But all right, let's talk about uh, something else, Matt. Let's talk about ad results. We just talked about Jeff Bezos a second ago. Let's talk about some issues that the company he started is having. And uh, Amazon, as it turns out, has an ad problem that is seemingly out of control. The Washington Post had a thorough article showing just how many ads you're getting when you do a typical Amazon search. And by the way, Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post, but he has no editorial control over this stuff. And I'm glad to see that Washington Post writers are still holding Amazon's feet to the fire. And what this author found was that on the first five screens of a search result, you'll see more than 50% of the space dedicated to paid results. The sponsored content you have to comb through basically at the top of the Amazon search results is astounding. And it's not always easy to decipher an yeah, ad yeah. from an organic search result. Like They're, they're getting trickier and trickier. For like, sure. Like everybody knows the, the ones where it's like written in smaller type and it's like italics and it's like sponsored content or whatever. And it's got the little information dot or whatever. Yeah. But I did not realize how uh, how they're just embedding some of the some of the more the, the paid or the recommended results further down as well. It, like it's in a different format. Yeah. And sometimes Amazon is like promoting a specific brand that pays them a lot of money, sure, right? Sure. So they're saying, "Cool, Tide, you get the top spot when somebody Google's laundry detergent because you pay us." A certain amount of hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. Other times they're promoting their own brands like the Amazon basics or Amazon specific brands that they own. Right. But it's getting more and more difficult to find the top results based on search relevancy, which is what Amazon kind of built their business around. So we would just say this, you know, Amazon's not the devil or anything like that, but keep, keep that in mind next time you're searching for things 
on the Amazon site. It might be best to do your research elsewhere, even if you do end up buying on Amazon in the end. I just yeah, it, we, I like it. I think sometimes we think of Amazon as a good search engine for finding the thing that we want, but when you realize that more than fifty percent of the searches uh, for a lot of searches are turning up bunch of ads like i don't know you might want to look elsewhere it seems like amazon's a little less reliable when it comes to like finding a new product or finding the brand of a product that you should be purchasing just because of like how spammy it's gotten yeah i like the recommendation to to do your research elsewhere yeah search whatever it is that you're looking to buy and search like wire cutter or head over to consumer reports sure. but look or up reddit even like there's yeah, a, some crowd absolutely. reviews on reddit those are better places to look as opposed to wait that's going straight to the Amazon app on your phone. Four and a half stars, but it's got three <laughs> reviews and but it's sponsored yeah. and all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So while we're talking about sh- uh, shopping, let's talk again about why buy now, pay later is still awful. It turns out that buyers paid via buy now, pay later quite a bit over Black Friday. It actually jumped by 68% according to MarketWatch, which is a significant increase. And, you know, we often talk about mindful spending. And so this is just another reminder to continue being careful this holiday season when it comes to racking up debt, which is what we don't want you to do, uh, as you are looking to give gifts to those who you love and care about. Don't buy stuff that you can't afford on on, on a credit card or, or via buy now, pay later. When you're doing that, you're just kicking the can down the road. You're creating this debt obligation that's going to be tough to, to stomach come January or, you know, June, <laughs> July of next year. Oh, man, if it's hanging if, around that long, if we're you still in big have trouble. It. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's only the beginning of December as well. And so keep in mind, you still have time to have a conversation with friends and relatives about gift giving expectations. This doesn't necessarily have to be a trend that continues where every year everybody always is like slowly over time increasing that maximum spend amount. But having that conversation is just a, a great way to keep that gift giving from getting out of control. Yeah. And I think you can be honest. Matt, that, hey, guess what? It's Things are tight financially for me right now. I don't think I can participate in at least this in this part of the gift giving that our family traditionally does. Mm-hmm. And because I think people will understand. <laughs> they would rather see you be financially healthy than uh, than have you racking up debt to buy gifts for them. Totally. Like that, that's not, your loving family does not want that for you. I guarantee it. Uh, let's talk about the job market for just a second. Or if they do want that for you, maybe they don't love you. You need a new family. It's time <laughs> to find a new family this Christmas. But <laughs> let's talk about the job market because whether you're looking to find another job or you just want some part-time holiday work, some employers are offering bonuses still for, for joining their team right now. Like the labor market, Matt, still remains fairly hot like we haven't seen it cool off as much as it looked like it would at this point and amazon it might not be as good for users because of the abundance of ads but they are offering a minimum starting salary of 18 dollars an hour and up to a three thousand dollar sign-on bonus very nice for folks who are applying for their their holiday work we'd say read the fine print make sure you know how long you got to stick around and make sure that working in an amazon warehouse is something you can stomach. Sure. I'm not sure if people still have to, well, it was the truck drivers, right? They had to pee in bottles. But it, it, like, I'm not sure. It, it, I've not heard great things <laughs> about the working conditions right. there. But uh, I don't know. A hefty bonus might just push you in that direction. And, you know, you might find other employers out there willing to offer better benefits or meaningful sign-up bonuses because there's just more competition out there. There aren't enough workers to fill the jobs. That's right. And of course, most of those jobs don't require a degree. Uh, And the journal had an interesting article about the importance or actually the lack thereof uh, of a college education this past week. A bunch of major companies out there are lowering the bar when it comes to degree requirements for certain positions for certain jobs. Companies like Delta, Google and IBM 
they aren't requiring a college degree for more positions that they need filled. Uh, and beyond private companies as well, some states like Maryland, actually, they have stopped requiring degrees for more jobs that they have available as well. There's a good quote. This uh, a VP over at Walmart was quoted as saying, the company's goal is to shift the focus from the way someone got their skills, which is the degree, to what skills they do have, which is awesome, man. I, I love this because... We talk about this a decent bit here on the show. College, it still makes sense for a whole bunch of young folks out there, but it is not necessarily uh, a slam dunk decision because the, the cost and the value proposition are key to determining your choice. They're so important when it comes to deciding if college is going to be right for an individual. Uh, we've actually, we're, we're, we've been hiring a few folks lately to, to do some work for us on the back end here on the podcast. And honestly, I don't even know if they have a college degree or not. We, <laughs> I, we didn't ask. We didn't even ask. We, we don't care. We care about the skills. They've got the skills. Just like this Walmart BB. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and hopefully this is a trend that continues because we like the direction this is going. We want folks, there's certainly something to be said when it comes to being well educated, right? For the sake of one's own growth. Uh, But the requirement, the mandatory nature of having to to go to higher education uh, and potentially pay just out the nose for a degree that they're not excited about getting just to be able to get some sort of entry level job is not something that that we're excited about. A lot of the jobs that we're talking about here that these companies and that these states are now saying you don't need a college degree for are are positions that shouldn't have required a degree in the first place. And so it's good to see them walking that back and saying, listen, part of it is the hot labor market that we're talking about, Matt, that they're still, they want to open it up to a broader spectrum of potential employees because it's just hard to find the right people. And so if you can lessen the requirements and still find the person that you need, but just open it up to a broader range of applicants, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But Joel, we've got several other stories that we're going to get to during our Friday flight today, including we're going to, we're going to talk about the housing hellscape. We've got a few stories to talk about there and more right after this. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at AARP.org slash wise friend. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, 
You already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, we are back. Let's keep this uh, Friday flight going, Matt. Let's get to the ludicrous headline of the week. And it just seems like today's episode, I've got, there's a theme for me, which is bashing all the major tech platforms. And <laughs> sorry in advance, uh, all you billionaire owners of these companies, but let's take a couple more to task. We've already kind of given Amazon some flack. We're going to give Google some here in a second. We could, e- we could even throw Apple into the mix as well. Hey, maybe right? we will. Do they care about free speech or not? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I do. Elon Musk does make a point, though, on the 30% VIG they take. I know. From, it's, it's a problem. I think it's a problem. <laughs> but even though in court, it's... It was found out that that's an okay practice for Apple to participate in. But I digress. But let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's move on and let's sure. uh, let's smack Facebook around for a second because listener Becca she shared an article from ProPublica in the Facebook group. The title reads: Tax filing websites have been sending users financial information to Facebook, and that struck me as something that was potentially egregious or wrong. And it turns out that the big players in the tax filing business, H&R Block, Tax Act, and Tax Slayer, uh, have been sending sensitive personal data to Facebook about their customers. And that's messed up. That info often included the income of that customer, their refund amount, their filing status, sometimes phone numbers, and more. And so that information was being sent over even if you don't have an account with Facebook, which is amazing. They're giving Facebook this information, even though you don't have a relationship with Facebook, but Facebook's like, we'll take that data. Sure. (laughs) And so uh, this info then, of course, allows Facebook to better target ads to users. And it looks like a lot of these companies, they're stopping this practice based on this reporting. Not all of them, though, I don't think have have said that they are. But this is a, a, a violation of consumer privacy. And it never should have happened in the first place. Matt, reading that, I was like, how, how does this stuff happen? How do, Pretty messed up, man. How do people think this is okay? It's not. It's not okay. Uh, and Meta, they were actually, they were fined $275 million by the EU for violating some privacy laws, thanks to uh, a data leak that made a lot of personal user data public. Uh, so this is just another reason to freeze your credit, folks. Uh, we've got an article up on the site that we can link to that shows you how easy it is. It does not take very long at all. And we, we also want you to consider carefully which companies you choose to do business with. And so to round things out, to throw one more tech company under the bus, uh, Google 
Google, they agreed to a settlement with 40 states over the collection of user location data uh, that they had agreed to stop collecting. Yeah, and so they, this they is, kept collecting it even though users had clicked, nope, we don't want you to collect exactly. this data on us. And they were like, well, we'll sneakily just mm-hmm. do it behind the scenes. Yeah, and honestly, like, I, w- I don't think it'd be a bad thing to see these fines get even more severe to help keep the tech companies accountable to keep them in check because uh, you know these these numbers they sound pretty high right uh, we just mentioned that that 275 million dollar fine against Facebook well here's the thing that's actually less money than they make in a single day right <laughs> and so like these truly aren't large uh, massive fines it kind of makes like me think a, back to when, like a flick on the wrist and yeah, a slap on like the wrist yeah like Kim Kardashian when she got fined for not disclosing her crypto oh, yeah. holdings or whatever like these amounts like, like yes to us normal people it sounds like a ton of money but to the uber elite celebrities out there and definitely to these massive tech companies it is nothing yes that is true and so yeah the fines need to go up in order to incentivize good behavior and punish bad behavior so that we consumers that we our stuff is not there floating around yeah. our phone numbers and our refund amounts and that, that we're not being sold every which way right and left to whatever to the highest bidder um, but let's talk about another company matt doing something that you know borders on ludicrous this isn't a tech company but mercedes announced this week that uh, if you if you drive a new mercedes ev electric vehicle you're gonna have to pay an extra twelve hundred dollars a year for a subscription if you want to be able to drive it fast <laughs> and <laughs> this, is, this is completely insane honestly yeah yeah, yeah. this also could have it's been ludicrous headline of the week for sure yeah, yeah. the drive <laughs> reports that in order to enjoy the quicker acceleration that these cars are capable of you're gonna have to fork over big bucks luxury car companies they've been dipping their toes into the subscription space already right hoping to make recurring revenue off their customers like bmw matt we've talked about them charging uh, a monthly fee for heated seats mm-hmm. like for access yep. to the hardware that's already installed in your car yeah you're gonna have to pay you're gonna have to pay uh, <laughs> on a monthly basis for that well and the same thing is true of mercedes if you want to be able to if you want your car to accelerate more quickly paying them 1200 bucks a year to do so sounds ridiculous we think it sucks because you're forking out a ton of money already for a nice car for a luxury car in this case and to me this would be a deal killer for sure like there's no it's just on the principle of the thing yeah and so i don't know fortunately for us i guess our ancient minivans don't have a paywall in order to achieve max speed of yeah. 80 miles an hour. <laughs> so on a, on a related note, did we talk about me renting a Ford Explorer a couple weeks ago? No. Uh, so I, I was took a trip um, out of town. I was actually up in Michigan and it was freezing up there. And the car, or it was the Ford Explorer that we rented, it was a newer Ford Explorer. And it came with heated steering wheels. Oh. And it's just one of those things where you see these ni- nicer features being offered by cars that aren't even necessarily luxury. And you think, who the heck needs that? But I will say, if we lived in a cool... <laughs> Uh, colder climate, I would totally be splurging for the uh, the heated steering so wheel. Back when I've, I, I've never experienced something like that before, but I was like, oh, this is this is real nice. Back when I had the Nissan <laughs> Leaf, running the actual heater would d- deteriorate the battery so quickly. Oh yeah, but yeah, it yeah. had heated seats and hearing s- heated steering wheel. Oh, so I forgot I would, that you had that. I would just put on those two, the, I, and it w- it would help so much. We don't need to warm the rest That's of right. the family. Just just <laughs> me as the driver. Well, no, all the seats were actually heated, even the rear seats. So, uh, oh no way. Yeah. 
Oh, that's crazy. I it didn't realize sweet. that. It was a nice little perk. That's fancy. Because I just think they know. Yeah, the that's another. That is one of the problems with EVs. When you turn on the air conditioning or the heater, climate control. Yeah. zaps the battery. It does yeah. in a big way. But yeah, hopefully Mercedes will rethink their devious ways and not charge people to access the the full abilities of the car. I I kind of get it with the Tesla autonomous driving feature. I feel uh-huh. like that's something a little bit different. But th- yeah, th- this and, is actual hardware, right. That we're oftentimes talking about here. That's super ridiculous yeah for sure all right let's talk about housing for a second about the housing hellscape and maybe just some of the latest on when it comes to home prices and the housing market in general because there have been actually a few headlines that i thought were super intense this week axios reported that a collapse they use that word in home prices is coming down the pike the atlantic had a piece telling folks that they should wait to buy a home they were basically like nah you shouldn't buy a home right now it's not a good idea and to me those are like decently provocative assertions that a collapse is coming that people should completely avoid buying housing so what's the truth when it comes to the near-term future of the housing market it's tough to say right Um, but one of the items that was touted as a reason to hold off on buying a home in that atlantic piece that i mentioned is the lack of inventory that's on the market there aren't many homes available for sale and so that's keeping prices up but it's interesting to me that that was mentioned as one of the reasons because a lack of home supply in general is one of the reasons that you and i think that there's unlikely to be a home price collapse right that's being predicted yeah and how low is the supply well there are different estimates on that front from different organizations but we we could truly stand to see millions more homes and apartments being built across the country the truth is building has not kept up with growth and this supply shortage it can't be fixed overnight so i guess when i see headlines and predictions of collapse it seems to fly in the face of other information that we have which might suggest actually the opposite right that home prices aren't going to collapse but might actually remain steadier than a lot of folks think yeah man that supply shortage that is a major reason that we find it difficult to foresee home prices cratering in a major way, especially if interest rate hikes calm down and mortgage rates chill out just a little bit. Sure. That's a huge part of the reason, by the way. We're yeah. seeing like a freeze, basically, for buyers and sellers is because exactly. mortgage rates nope. going up so Who quick. Who wants to, to buy a new home or move out of a home where they have a, a low rate locked in? Although a correction is still definitely possible. And like, honestly, man, it's, it's just a weird time to be a home buyer, right? Um, the future is really uncertain right now. Again, I mean, the rapid rise in interest rates basically doubling in the past eight months. That has just shocked the system as the overall costs of buying a home have skyrocketed. And so we can't predict the future. But the keys to successfully buying a home in this market are are having your own personal finances in solid shape. And that's something that you have control over and having a longer timeline when it comes to owning that home in order to make up for a potential housing market slump. Typically, I think like we would always say that you want to hang on to your home for probably about five years in order to make sure that you are able to ride out any fluctuations in the market to be able to recoup the costs associated with purchasing and selling a home. But given where things are now, like we're, we're looking at even closer to seven years in order to play it on the safe side, yeah. basically, in order to ride out any potential dips in the market, as well as those transaction costs. Yeah. A decade would be even better, right? But yeah. for a lot of folks, yeah, that five years just isn't good enough anymore. Not when, not when we could see a correction, right? Even though the collapse, I think it's oversold. I don't see that coming. Um, but you never know. <laughs> you also never know because there are so many factors that combine to make up the housing market. It's really, it's just really hard to predict. Um, but yeah, speaking of homes, Matt, we 
talked about HELOCs for just a second on Wednesday's episode, Home Equity Lines of Credit, when we talked about the benefits of being financially flexible. And this might sound weird, but we would say that having a HELOC is great, but using it isn't which I know is just kind of a goofy thing to say, but uh, the stats show that more folks are opening up lines of credit against their home right now, and more folks are also tapping those HELOCs that they have, according to recent stats from Adam Data Solutions. And you know, with the average HELOC rate being almost 8% at this point, as rates have ticked up quite a bit, borrowing against your home's equity becomes even more precarious. So we would say, be careful before you open a HELOC and start borrowing from it. The biggest downside of having HELOC and pulling money out is that if you aren't able to pay back that money, you're putting your home at risk, right? That's right. Unlike a credit card, which is unsecured debt, this HELOC is secured debt, and it could cost you your house, it could cost you your home if you have trouble making payments over an extended period of time. But having access to a HELOC, we would say, provides additional financial backstop in addition to your emergency fund, which is, again, something we talked about recently, but be prudent in how you use it. I know it's weird to tell people, yeah, you should get one of these, but don't ever use it. I mean, it's, it's kind of like having credit available to you, right? Like like you want to have large lines of money, like like with a credit card available to you, but it doesn't, doesn't mean you want to tick up more than that 30% utilization rate, That's right. right? Like you want to have that available to you, but don't necessarily want to use it. And you don't want to use it if you can't pay it off on time and in full every month either. Like, That's right. Yeah. Pay it, off I mean, what you use. And it makes sense that more folks are doing this, right? As we've seen home, home equity shoot through the roof over the past two, three years, there's folks and they're realizing that they're sitting on a lot of cash that's tied up into their home. And so I get the temptation, I get the desire to do this and it can provide a nice backstop, but we just don't want folks treating their homes like ATMs where they're just drawing down that cash and where they're pulling that money out. We want you, like Joel said, be prudent. But uh, we wanted to remind folks as well, don't forget to enter in to win that $600. All you have to do is be a subscriber to the How to Money newsletter. And again, you can subscribe over at howtomoney.com. There's always money in the newsletter, Matt. Nice arrested development. It pays. Speaking of housing <laughs> and developments. Uh, it, pays to be, it pays to be a How to Money newsletter subscriber. It does. But that is going to be it for this episode, Joel. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. 
The 2024 NFL Schedule Release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.